Hey guys, Barney here with a little update. I want to give a quick thanks to AB Universe for sponsoring The Big Top. Taking over production responsibilities has been a huge undertaking, and I'm extremely grateful to have such a fantastic sponsor, whose products I have used for years and can personally vouch for. You can now use my promo code BIGTOP to get 10% off your order at abuniverse.com. That's abuniverse.com. Thanks again to ABU for sponsoring this podcast. All of the dream, how does it mean? And welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and today we conclude my conversation with Pup Arrow, who fans the flames of my puppet fetish with the incredible story he shares. Today's story time is from JC, who has appeared on this very podcast, uh, who writes, Big Top Story Time. The following story is 100% true and one of my closely guarded secrets. Sorry in advance that it's so long. Oh, I'm ready for this. Dear Barney, I know you like humiliation, but have you ever been turned on by failing a school exam? Well, that's happened to me. This story requires a bit of background. I was a model student in high school, had a 4.0 GPA and near-perfect standardized test scores, held leadership roles on extracurricular activities, and always listened to my parents. This got me admitted to a top 10 university, where I first tasted freedom away from my parents. I finally got to explore my sexuality and spend time doing whatever I wanted. This freedom came at a steep cost. I tried to be a good student at first, but without my parents' supervision, found myself spending hours and hours on video games, internet forums, YouTube, and gay porn sites instead of studying. I often procrastinated on homework and overslept the 8am classes. I mean, same. This was a big no-no at my university, which had the smartest students in the world, and I fell behind everyone. Of course, I knew what I was doing was wrong. My guilty conscience weighed heavily on me, and when I got my first C on an exam, I was ashamed and promised myself I would do better. Yeah, that worked for a while, but in my second year, I got a ton of Cs, Ds, and even Fs on exams. Granted, these were all difficult classes like differential equations, organic chemistry, and fluid dynamics. What the fuck were you studying? Oh, wait, America. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Sorry. But I was way behind the class curve. Organic chemistry was a particularly embarrassing experience. I still have the midterm exam results because I still jerk off to these 10 what? I still have... What? what? I still have the midterm exam results because I still jerk off to these 10 plus years later. I got a 58 out of 100 on my first exam, 34 on my second, 11 on my third, and 27 on my final exam. Obviously, I failed the class. What was extra humiliating for me was that the professor would publish how well everyone did on the exams to determine the grading curve. Oh my god, this is giving me so much secondhand anxiety. <laughs> I could see exactly how low on the bar graph I fell, how many standard deviations I was away from the average, and how truly fucked I was. A similar thing happened in other classes, and with a semester GPA below 2.0, I got placed on academic probation, meaning I got a fellow student tutor assigned to supervise me weekly and had to meet with a special advisor to check my progress. 
Fuck. It felt like the scarlet letter, but with an F instead of an A. If I didn't improve my grades, I would be kicked out of the university on academic dismissal. You would think all of this would have taught me a lesson, but I guess I failed that lesson too. (laughs) I got kicked out at the end of my second year. No, no. The kicker, I never told my parents. Oh my God. JC, no. (laughs) I intercepted the dismissal letter. (laughs) Uh, And colleges don't send out report cards. I lied to my mom that I felt burnt out and needed a half year break. Ugh. Dishonesty on this level is making me so uncomfortable. Uh, Right. Scandalous stuff for a former do-gooder like me. Yeah. Bad boy. Oh, Jesus is such a bad puppy. (laughs) Um... Silver lining is that I spent that semester off by working super hard at a job, and it's how I got into my current line of work. Okay, that's great. After my half year off, I applied to be readmitted to the same university. I had to write a long letter of atonement explaining what I learned and how I would do better. I got my second chance, and in my first semester back, I did okay enough to pass. You would think I would have learned my lesson at this point. Fuck! Uh, sorry, I keep interrupting, but like we're not even halfway through this, and already I'm like, I have so many questions. Ah, uh, fuck. Okay. You'd think I would have learned my lesson at this point, but old habits die hard. I found myself falling down the rabbit hole of procrastination just a few months after being readmitted. I started failing again and got placed back on academic probation twice. And yes, I got kicked out of the university again. Guys. I'm out. This is so. I can see. I get. I can see why this is hot because this is like thrilling. This is exhilarating and scary, which is like I get that. Okay. Fuck. Got kicked out of the university again. This time I was forced to take a year off. Oh my god, JC, I'm dying. I never told my parents this either. <laughs> I'm such a naughty boy. Yes, you are. I can hear in my head you <laughs> saying it like. Ah, like a brat. No, okay. What's worse is that all of these personal failures were turning me on at this point. Mm. It felt so taboo, and I jerked off countless times to my terrible grades. (laughs) One memory that gets me every time is an exam where I got the lowest score out of the 290 students in that class. Someone got a perfect score of 117. Class average was an 82. My grade, 24. So yeah, I deserved to fail. To be honest, I never intentionally sabotaged my grades and put some real effort into studying. I just didn't do it efficiently or correctly with procrastination. I probably have undiagnosed ADHD, but a part of me wonders if I subconsciously enjoyed failing too much and it impacted my grades. Mm. All of this was a thrill because it felt so real. Mm. It was real. It is real. (laughs) It is real. Uh, It wasn't a scene and I faced real life consequences. Fuck, this is hardcore. After getting kicked out the second time, I went back to the same job back when I got kicked out the first time. Worked hard again for a year, miraculously got readmitted to the same university again and got decent grades. Fuck yeah. I was able to graduate two years later than my peers with an embarrassing GPA of 2.4. Oh, come on. I don't... 
understand how GPA works, but that sounds fine. <laughs> Yikes, can't put that on a resume. Uh, luckily, I got to continue building my career at the place I worked when I got kicked out from college both times. I love my line of work and I'm doing really well professionally now. So I suppose it works out in the end. Yes, it does. And I still get to come to these embarrassing memories. There's a little aftermath to this story now that my boyfriend knows about this, but that's a story for another time. Thanks for listening to my weird little story. Sincerely, super naughty student, JC. Oh my God. I couldn't even like get through all of that in one go. That was crazy. I like, I think there are a lot of places in the world that do this especially, but uh, I, I really empathize because I went to a super high pressure school. And so I understand how much they make it feel like this is the end of the world. Um, Newsflash, it's not. And actually, like, it was crazy to me to discover that I was a smart person when I left school because I, when I went to university, I was then one of the smartest people and it was like, what? Um, but that said, all of this stuff is it doesn't matter. And some of the smartest people do terribly on standardized tests. Some of the smartest people do have ADHD or do just not try very hard or, you know, not want to go down such a rigorous academic path. And all of those things are also okay. So, you know, I for all of my like wincing at this, that's just because I I lived a lot of this and uh I, I i get it but fuck i have so many questions and we have to hear a part two um everyone please bully jc online until he sends in a part two because like i need i need to know what happens next um please keep sending these in to the big top dot pod at gmail.com that is the big top dot pod at gmail.com oh and uh if you want to rate and review this podcast just go ahead and do it just do it oh my god just do it stop just do it Stop pretending you don't want to do it. Do it. Especially on Apple Podcasts. Anyway, fuck. <laughs> Today, the circus remains in Reading, England. And I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. Um, Just quickly, we are... Uh, are you okay to go on if we turn this into two? Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, we're allowed to take a break if uh, you you <laughs> if you need. Um, no, 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 it's fine. Okay. I might go and piss at some point, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, you- Go piss, girl. Um, hang on. So, so I, I, I really like the um, the contagiousness of of kink, and I'm such a sponge uh, that it totally makes sense to me that you you meet someone who's a pup, and then that sort of like gets in your brain. Where does where does arrow come from? Uh, that's my nerdy days, I'm afraid. Um, my game attack is Arrowzy. Um, and Eros D is so Aero of course is air in Greek and uh, Z is warrior so it was air warrior air warrior mm-hmm. um, and yeah that's where it comes I've also I've got a couple of other game attacks that kind of fall suit with that but yeah Aero Eros Z Eroquai Eroquasi they're mm-hmm. all kind of similar sort of mage characters anyway so Aero has always just been a name that I respond to well um, yeah so yeah that was that's just been. There's many a pup hero. I'm not the only one. I know that, but uh, it also really helps that my favorite color is kind of teal, which is kind oh, of associated cool. with yeah, sky, water yeah, or yeah, air yeah. or that kind of thing. So, you know, it's um. Oh yeah, and I actually love that about pups as well—the color coordination. Because mm. when I again, this is my like ignorance. When I got my first puppet, I was like, well, pff, I have to pick a color. Okay, well, dogs are brown. I pick a brown one. 
<laughs> no, no concept. And and people kept bringing it up like, oh, so you're a brown puppy, huh? And I'd be like, yeah, now I understand. Anyway. Less of a thing than it was back then. I know, right? but it just still was kind of silly that like, I, I was like, why are there all these colors? Oh, because they're supposed to mean something. But I love the Power Ranger-ness of pups. Like, I love that. Like, <laughs> everyone's got their favorite color and like, that's their, you know, outfit. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the fact that pups no longer, so as, you know, having grown up with, with them come, becoming a thing, back then you did choose your color depending on what your kind of more preferred sexual uh-huh. preference was, et cetera, et cetera. Nowadays, of course, it's just your favorite color. And I really like that. I think it's quite liberating. In fact, actually, there isn't enough colors that they can make them in. Oh, I say that with a caveat from like, uh, nowadays you can actually custom order pretty much any color you like, yeah. which I think is absolutely incredible. And I'd find actually as a, a hood for a future arrow is to get it in exactly the, the, the teal that I particularly like. Oh, fuck um, yeah. So yeah. I, I love the customization of kink in general. Like, oh yeah. When somebody... It's becoming really colorful. And I think yes. it's probably like yes. one of my favorite I'm things about it. all about color, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, but back in the day, as I said, like in San Fran, it was black. Yeah, <laughs> there was yeah. no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't, you didn't get kink of any other colours. I mean, you might see someone in a white shirt just to be bougie, but uh-huh. otherwise, than that, just to was... stand out against the the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. the gremlins are hiding under the bar. It's just, exactly, <laughs> it's just black, <laughs> sticking yeah. to the shadows. Um, okay, talk to me about uh, the Twinks because I, 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 I'm going to get cancelled again. The word Twink. <laughs> to me, is just... Do you know what it is? That's my moist. That's my moist. Okay. That's my moist. That's the best way to describe it. I do have a word I don't like, actually, and it's twink. I don't understand... I hear it so rarely that, like, when I do, it just sort of makes me twitch. I don't understand who came up with (laughs) with it. It, uh, uh, To me, it just sounds so... I don't know. I don't know. There's something that I really, really despise about it. And I feel like it's, it is my moist. It's just, there's something about the way that it sounds that is so like, what? I I mean, I don't, I have no idea where the word uh, twink came from or generally what it meant when I first started. It sounds like a, like a, like a little, (laughs) it it sounds so. It reminds me of a Twinkie, you know, like that, that thing you got in, uh, in America. Yeah, or, or or like a twig, yeah. or like a little like dinky thing that just. But I just by by that definition yeah. that you're giving, that's how you describe a twig. Uh, twig is that like, it? Okay, okay. You know, how do you define that, and what and what exactly is it that? Because you've spoken about bodies. You, you are you? Yeah. Is that, okay, so like the actual body type is the thing. To me, yeah, it's less okay. about the. It's, it's not necessarily attitude. I mean, if you're going to put the word bitchy in front of twink, then that describes an attitude <laughs> behind the body type. But yeah, so like I consider myself to be slightly otter slash bearish, and that's just okay. by judging the. So twink to me is just that. It, it's just a, a. It's just a, a skinny framed, um, bloke who yeah, not much body fat, not much muscle. And when the they hair start. comes into it. Uh, I mean, like, personally, I I don't think hair really has too much of a a bearing uh-huh. on whether you're a twink. I know some people are like, no, twink should be hairless. And I'm like, yeah, but why? Yeah, oh, no, I don't get that. Okay, maybe you can explain to me why is it otter? Why is otter the like? Because bear, I understand. It's like, well, that is like big and hairy, right? It was a bear. Yeah. Why? Why is it otter? Why isn't it like I don't know, Wolverine? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> like an otter is smaller than a. Again, no idea where that came from. It's not. 
it's not something that I, I, I again, now these are all, <laughs> these are all silly words anyway, right? I'm using them as a, this is the general consensus outside here. I, when I describe myself, I'm Mark, okay? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, nowadays, I'm slightly chubbier than I used to. I've got a lot of hair, really good fucking beard, really lovely rug on my chest, and I particularly like all that thing, you know? But people have described me as otter slash bearish, so I'm kind Wait, of... did you say pug? Now. What? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have to re- re- rewind that and find out what I said. I'm, yeah, I'm... I'll, I'll, I know what you said. Um, oh, now I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know why I'm trying to like an- <laughs> analyze the the stupid fun words, but I, I there is something about. Um, I, okay, I guess the reason I'm interested is for me that doesn't really factor into anything. I only am really. You know, like, but there are some body stuff, because I'm all about the sort of, like, fun and goofy and silly. So, for me, the foundation is the personality and the banter. And 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 then I'm like, okay, well, like, maybe now that I've gotten to know you a bit, I want to have sex with you. And then there can be some we can play with, like, uh, an oversized mustache or, or a big beard or a big belly. or Sometimes that kind of comes into it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always kind of interested about the intersection of sex and sexuality versus kink as somebody who always kind of felt like I just didn't get that side of things to which did you have a coming out experience? Uh, my coming out experience was incredibly boring. Cool. <laughs> I just put it out there. I literally, I turned around to a friend one day. Um, I had, I was it right. Okay. This is the story is I was in maths. And someone else in my yeah, I know this is how bad it was. So I was I was in maths. Uh, I, I I was in, in fact I was in I was in mechanics to be exact because I was a nerd. And mm-hmm. uh, one of my buddies in front of me, two rows ahead, his name Craig, same year as me, and he was being picked on because everyone had just recently found out that he was gay. And I stood up in maths and I said, "What the fuck are you guys talking about? Loads of us are gay. I'm also gay." Uh, that was the end. That was the end. That's of that. not boring. That's amazing. No, no, no. It was it was absolutely incredibly boring. Anyway, um. No, the... it's not. You stood up for your friend. That's like the. Cr- I, I imagine from uh... his perspective, that was like the most incredible thing. I, I bet there's so many people who wish that somebody would have stood up and been like, "Yeah, me too." And what? Okay, yeah, I suppose. I, I suppose That's yeah. really cool. The boring bit is that is that because oh yeah. So anyway, I did that. Um, I didn't really tell very. At this point, I hadn't told anyone that I was gay, including my own family. It was very. It was in my mm. own head, you know. And it was just when I heard this sort of kid being bullied because of it, I was like, "No, fuck you. That's not going to happen." Um, when I got outside, I was with my mates, you know, in a circle as you do somewhere, hanging yeah. around, having a natter about computer games because we're all bloody nerds playing our, you know, Playstations or N64s or whatever. And uh, some kid turns around and goes, "Oh my god, you're gay!" You know, like little year eight or something like that. And I'm yeah. like, and and he was like, "Oh, we're just so gay," you know, all that sort of rubbish. You know, there's no yeah. real insult there. And he walked away. And my, two of my mates in the circle went, "Oh, you're gay," and I was like, "Yeah." And they were like, "Cool." And carried on the conversation. That was the end of that. Mm. Never had to talk about it again. That was, <laughs> um, and then yeah, later on I came out to my mum, who told me that she had known since I was six. Apparently, I asked for a Hoover when I was six years old. I'd asked. It was a Lego Hoover. Let's be exact, right? It wasn't uh, just a standard okay. Hoover. Okay. It was one okay. of those. But she was like, "I've known you. I've known you. But you you've always been weird since uh, since that point." <laughs> weird. <to> know, <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, Hoovers, famously." <laughs> yeah. Very um, gay. So yeah, that was that was my mum's reaction. The rest of my family is pretty similar. Um, my dad just came and hugged and was like, "I always love you." I don't really Aww. care. 
And I was like, yeah, I, I don't care either, Dad. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> and the, the one person I did have a, uh, a what I thought was going to be an issue with was my gran. Um, but it so I told my gran, and she gave me a big hug and said, Mark, it's, it, it doesn't matter. I love you, Ricardo. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And she was like, in fact, actually, do you, do you want to come to uh, tea with me um, next Sunday? And I was like, yeah, right, that's fine. By the way, it's regular occurrence for me with my grand to, I'd go over there, I'd help her out with gardening. I would, I was a bit of a green thumb and loved all that shit. Mm. So I, um, I, I went over to my grand's place. And anyway, I arrived. She's always kept the door at back door open. So I knew to come in and just, you know, come to the kitchen. As I was coming through the door, all right, grand, I'm here. You know, that kind of, as you do. And I walked into the front door and there's her and four of her old biddy friends all having tea. And she was like, this is my gay grandson. <laughs> I was like, Ah, fuck. <laughs> That's the end Aww. of that. So yeah, she, she paraded me around for five, and then I got sent down the garden to pick tomatoes or whatever it was that day. But yeah, it was um, that was That's uh, sweet. So yeah, but most of my my uncle was probably the only one that made a bigger fuss out of it than anyone else. But <laughs> it, it, his was stupid jokes. He was talking about uh, oh, I was referring to the the snippet valve, aka your asshole, right? And he was he was just like things don't come out the snippet valve, do they? Because the snippet valve is for snipping, not for <laughs> like uncle. Shut up. <laughs> this is just, let's not go here because that's just stupid. Um, but what, when I say boring, what I mean is it was, again, it was, uh, I've grown up, uh, I, I've just had nothing but really positive, good experiences mm. of a lot of things gay that most people don't. So it's it's boring in that aspect. Um, but that's great. And I think also, like, we, we all think our lives are boring and the things that happen to us are boring because it's like, well, that's just what happened. But actually getting to hear other people's experiences, especially positive ones. Cause I think sometimes we get too in our heads about, Oh, well, X person, you know, went through this or had, or that, or that was worse for them or something. And therefore that it, it's more valuable and it's not, it's, it's, it's just as valuable to um, hear the positive experiences that people have because fuck man, we don't hear about them enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. Actually, you're not wrong. We all, we all enjoy a, a, a happy um, outcome for most things. So yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I, I've only, I, I'm really lucky. I've only had like two negative, apart from like some name calling and shit like that. Always, you know, as you're. Yeah, yeah, that always. There's always. Yeah, but generally yeah. speaking, like I've only had two experiences in my life that were really detrimental. Being gay at the time, you know, that kind of oh shit, you know, this is happening. Um, so yeah, I consider myself to be quite lucky in it, and I've always. Because I can pull, I can pull off the straight man vibe quite easily. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. That. I'm not twinky. I've got a really. You know, I'm an engineer outside of all this. So I've got a normal job. I don't. I'm not camp. Um, and all these other bits and pieces. So you know, I, I, I just come. You know, I played rugby for years. You know, so it's a bit. I say that's well, it's definitely not. Straight, <laughs> it's definitely not a fucking straight thing. I tell you, what rugby men get up to in a fucking changing room. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's uh, any contact sport. I'm gonna just say right now, there's nothing. <laughs> That's both brilliant, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, when it comes to like life his life experiences from that, most of mine have been quite positive in all of these bits and pieces. It's uh, yeah, it's something that I I never really ask about, and I only started thinking about it recently because I never really had that uh, that sort of experience. Because for me, again, it was always like the kink was the thing. So I'm interested in hearing a lot of these. For a lot of people, it was either intertwined with coming to terms with their own kinks and fetishes, or it was like I had to do two kind of comings out either to myself or to other people. Um, but yeah, I think that's so stupid, by the way. 
Um, no, well, I can see why you would need to. I can see. No, why no, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I completely understand it. But I think it's a really um, certainly unhelpful. <laughs> yeah, unhelpful. Like this idea that you that you have to go through this thing, which is so difficult to do, and it's so emotionally demanding, and the idea that it's like uh, a rite of passage uh, that's expected of you. It's really stupid. I think society just needs to get on board with like... Oh, Actually, I think it's already sort of... I feel like the kids today aren't even really doing that. I don't know. I, I mean, I, to be fair, if you're saying they're not doing it, then I'm making the assumption that coming out isn't necessarily as big or nowadays as it once was. So yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we're coming from an era which coming out was never a thing and you never did it and you needed the whole hanky code to find people like you, etc. Et exactly, yeah. And the yeah. secret codes all the way now to this point where actually majority of the stories I hear, I, I, it was only, yeah, school was probably the last time I heard of someone had a really negative coming out experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, most of the people I talk to today are just, yeah, family don't give a shit, you know, all that kind of thing. Is, well, because like my sister's, gen- like from, my sister's a few years younger than me and, uh, and, and, and same for like my partner's cousin is about the same age. It was just like, oh, they brought X person home one day or, oh, this person at school is now dating this person and it just wasn't even... Hmm like a conversation before that happened, which I think is quite nice. I hope that's the direction that I really hope so as well. In. Yeah, I really fingers crossed that it's quite linear from this point of I mean exponential would be even better, where it's just getting better and better and people mm. I just I, I don't I don't want to say don't give a shit because obviously they do. But at the right, same time right, right, I don't there's not. no drama behind it. It's kind of like a oh you do you bay and I love you lots regardless. Exactly, yeah. You know, I, I hope that's more of a thing pushed going forward. Yeah, that it's not this ledge you have to jump off and, and see where you land. Yeah, yeah. I, to be fair, I think nowadays it's probably more like the trans community that go through a bit more of that coming out. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, and, yeah you know, yeah. negative energy than the gays do. I mean, um, what they reckon that the trans community generally is like ten years behind where gay is. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. we're if we're if gays are at a particular point where we're happy, loved, and blah blah blah, then the trans community's got some catching up to do, just because of the way that everything adopts. Especially the fucking moral panic of late, that's just like, what is going on? Yeah. I, what is going on? I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a terrible gay in the sense of, you know, I've, I've got trans friends and I love them all dearly. Um, they're really good at not telling me what's going on in life, so they well, don't tell me the negative shit. To be honest, a lot of it is a lot of it is I think the benefit of stepping away from social media, because a lot of it is amplified. Sometimes I'll be on Twitter, like, Oh my God, the world, like what's happening. And you have to remember that's actually not real. That is a small echo chamber of people who are paying eight fucking dollars to get their horrible opinions amplified. Like that's not the same as most people who tend to be quite reasonable or when they meet a trans person are actually quite civil. So, you know, but still, how did you get involved in the community side of things, like teaching and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, okay, now okay, let, let's start with that story that I mentioned um, earlier on. Then, so the puppet one, the puppet one, well, the yes. sort of puppet one, the artsy puppet one. So I was twenty two, no, twenty one at the time. Yeah, because it would have been a, yeah about twenty one at the time, and I was still with Sirs, and uh, everything was hunky dory and lovely, and they were like, Mark, we've got a, got a a thing for you to come and do and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I was, what is it? And they're like, we need you to be a piece of art in a gallery. And I was like, all right. I this is like this my means. dream. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this means, but okay, I cool. love being objectified. And uh, yeah, it kind of was that energy. Anyway, and they were like, right, what, what's the plan? And uh, I was like, okay. And they were like, we're not going to tell you. 
turn up here. Um, you don't need to have done anything beforehand, but we'd recommend not eating too much or not drinking too much before you get to this place. Uh, and we'll take you out for a nice dinner afterwards. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, they're like, you're only going to need to be this for an hour. Crack on. I was like, all right, cool. That sounds like fun. Um, so I get to this place and um, a guy called Reggie, who I know quite well, uh, he's there. Uh, so I've walked in with my two sirs, just in, you know, general normal clothing, nothing kinky here. And uh, this guy's like, right, this is my art gallery. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, it's kind of dark and dingy. It's like an, uh, where, an abandoned warehouse kind of vibe. Um, cool. Really, really dark ceilings. So not much natural light, but all the light is being cast down into the, into like, where we are into this like mm-hmm. couple of small rooms and I, I say rooms everything's open it's just big like tall walls that have been set up okay strong enough to support but anyway so I kind of set that scene into like quite a dark and dingy place spotlights everywhere rather than just you know natural light or, uh, or normal bulbs that kind of thing and I'm like okay what's going on then is that right well we know you like being tied up I'm like yeah of course we do and they're like do you fancy being tied up for an hour and I was like well my limit is kind of getting to that hour, hour and a half mark. So yeah, I, I can't see a problem with that. Um, and they're like, it comes with a caveat, but you're going to enjoy it. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means, but cool. And they're like, right, no one, none of the public are going to touch you. And I'm like, excuse me, it's public. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we've got people coming around to have a look at the, um, come and have a look at you when we set you up and stuff. I was like, oh really? Okay, this should be interesting. So I've been set up. Um, so I've been suspended in rope. Um, I'm naked, by the way, so it was, you know I've got my cock's just hanging out, and I'm kind of in this position where head's pulled back. I've got a hood on, so no, you can't see my face. It's kind of one of those like uh. um, linen things, though, so it's quite breathable. You can't, there's no, yeah. there's not like a heavy canvas or anything. I can almost see through it. You know, it's really light. Um, but anyway, so I've got my head like pulled back a little bit, um, hands behind my back, legs pulled apart and kind of upwards as well. So I'm, I'm kind of in this. If you think like being hogtied but pulled up slightly. So my chest is kind of almost flat, but you can my entire body's bared. I've got a lot of my weight being supported on my knees um, and my hips and my shoulders. So everything's quite comfortable. I'm, I can sit there for a while and it, it quite felt nice. And so I got set up like this. It was really, really cool. Anyway, um, just before I get hoisted up a little bit. So the plan was for me to be about four foot off the floor. Um, there's there's like rubber matting and stuff on the floor and stuff. Uh, like a boulders mat, sorry, is what I meant. So like quite uh, three inch thick bouldering mat. So... Um, it was it was comf- if I was to fall or anything would happen. I, I know I'd be landing on something okay-ish. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, and uh, a couple of and I, there's loads of other bits and pieces going on around me. I don't really know what's being set up, but I've got an idea. I walked in and there's like bed frames being set up. There's um, a horse and flogging station and things like that. Um, I've been told that none of the public can touch us. So every model, so there's six models, and we're all being positioned in weird things. But that's the whole point. I was like, okay. By the cool. way, if someone would like to do this to me, this this sounds like an absolute dream. I, hang on, I, hang on, hang on, wait, it gets better, it gets better. Okay. So I'm in this hall and I, I hear a particular tap on the floor of someone walking over to us. And I'm I'm like, I recognise this, and I don't know why. It's got a clink to it. Like so so like imagine cowboy boots. Right. Now stirrups, that's it, yeah. So uh, it sound like stirrup kind of thing. Now, in my head I don't know why that's a like a big entity until I realised that I knew who they belonged to. And it was a fucking fabulous bloke that I know that I known for years, and he's called Zappy, um, and or you know, Zebedee is his full name, but we all call we all call him Zappy. So from Magic Radabus, which is incredible by the way, because he's the only bloke I know that owns that name. Anyway, and he is incredible, but he, just as his name kind of suggests, is particularly good at electroplay. Anyway, and he's like, Mark, how you doing? 
I can uh, you know, Ned recognizes me from up from up there, and I'm like, Zappy, Zappy, is that you? And he's like, Yeah, how you doing? I'm like, Yeah, I'm good, mate. What? Why are you here? He's like, I'm about to wire you up. I'm like, Excuse me, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can hear my sirs in the background laughing their fucking heads off, and they're like, Darry Buck, you love it anyway. And I was like, So I'm used to electroplay, okay? So this isn't something new. I've played with Zappy many a times before in the past. And I loved it. So there's no, they they know my limits. Zappy in particular knows kind of what settings they can use on me and what I really enjoy. So I'm, I know that I'm in safe hands. When you anyway. say electroplay, can you just be very specific? Electroplay is the applied voltage to the body to stimulate muscles or bits and pieces across. It. No, I understand that. I meant like, okay. <laughs> I meant like, is this insertive or? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm getting that. I'm getting that. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> So yeah, um, first thing that goes in is a butt plug, and the butt plug has a, um, a exposed piece of metal like halfway into where your uh, essentially your anus would sit against, um, with a tail, well, a lead hanging out of it. So that's number one. So it's a conductive lubricant in a, in my arsehole. Cool, number one. The next one is a ring around the base of my cock, which is exactly the same thing. Um, so it's like a, it's not exposed wire, but it's a piece of rubber with like exposed points on it uh, with a drawstring. So it look, kind of looks like a, a sort of cock ring. But anyway, you, you tie that around the base of the cock and then you've got a lead that plugs into that. Um, so the stimulation is between, it kind of goes straight through your prostate in that particular configuration. And that's what he was aiming for. Anyway, I was like, okay, cool. This should be interesting. And so he set me up. He's got me up in, in this rig and I've now been set up. And he's, I'm like, who? Who presses the button? And Zappy laughs. It's like, well, the public, of course. I'm like, what do you mean the public get to press the button? <laughs> like, this isn't how this works. And he's like, so Zappy, so I'm the only person with ElectroPay on, so Zappy's going to exclusively stay next to me to make sure everything's fine. Um, but he said, like, right in front of so he's described it for me, and he's like, right in front of you now, there's a little barrier to stop anyone getting close to me, and there is a little plinth with a big red button on it. And he's like, that's hooked into my device, and that's the go button oh, for the electric My God. This. And I'm like, uh, so I'm up here for an hour with the general public now having full access to stimulate me. Okay. Dude, I'm. My jaw's on the floor. Like, I. This is. I love the way you didn't know because that's exactly how I would want it to happen. Yeah. And this is like. I haven't even. I will. Oh, shit, actually. Ooh. All right, never mind. Like this, my phone. Um. Very soon, I will be experiencing uh, this for the first time. Electroplay. Uh-huh. Um, which well, I'm excited I... about. I was We were going to do it, um, but I, I, hadn't, I hadn't done it before, and, and we wanted to just sort of... But yeah, um, and obviously it'll be filmed, so... Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm... This sounds incredible already. Like, already I'm like, if this was my first... Because I like to do my... You know, my first chastity experience... Because I had a big like fear about it, and I decided to do it as a big fear play scene. Was in front of a crowd and like you know held down, and I'm I'm I love all that. I love the theater of it. So this is like okay. ticking boxes. This is amazing. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I at the time I was like I I slightly a bit of anxiety running through me. Obviously, I I don't really care about my body being exposed to the public. It's just kind of that access to it they've got now that I'm yes. not necessarily familiar with. But anyway, but I was assured that everything would be fine and the promise of food afterwards was too much to ignore. So, yeah, um, that'll do you it, know, yeah. typical bloke, follows by, uh, followed by food, <laughs> or, follows his stomach. So I um, 
yeah, and and within about 15 minutes of me being set up, because of course, yeah, I was one of the last to be set up because of the positions I was in, um, and got to give a clap from from the gent that's running it, and he's like, right, everybody, uh, there's nothing I want more from you than just to express how you're feeling, you know, if you, you know, that kind of thing. It's just like, don't hold back if you're enjoying it, moan and that sort of thing. And I was like, so obviously the others have got something connected to them or doing stuff um, as well. It's not just me, but anyway. As you can imagine, within about five minutes, I start hearing people turn up to me and start fucking pressing this button, don't they? Anyway, so I'm like in this position where I'm like, okay, well, I can't not be quiet because this, it's feeling pretty good. You know, it's, it's just really random. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's doing it. Within about 10 minutes of me being up there, I've, I've got a boner. I, I, I can see, wow. oh, I, I, can, I can sense that people are enjoying this, you know, around me. I've definitely got a bit of a crowd. Zappy's kind of doing his bit to stay quiet, but at the same time to guide the process a little bit you know it's hold it down for 10 you know hold it down for three seconds let go for 10 that kind of energy you know so he's guiding these people into how to press the button within about 20 minutes i'm coming um and and that's not the first time it happens during hands free yeah yeah that's fucking incredible electroplay does all sorts for everybody for me it can it can get me to quite that edge i I think the entire atmosphere kind of got me there anyway lots of the other stations i can hear flogging going on i can hear moans um and other bits and pieces so i I, you know even to this day i don't know exactly what everyone else was doing there i got to meet them all but we didn't really talk about the experience we kind of just got to know each other if that makes sense anyway um but anyway so yeah uh i've come once i've come twice um by the end of the by the end of the evening i'm feeling utterly drained an hour of being uh, suspended white and, hands yeah, free yeah suspended <laughs> hooded yeah uh, public I, are crowded around pressing this button yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow all up in manchester anyway it was just kind of one of those one of those i've never never been in this position before anyway it was one hell of an experience i got down from it um I had my two sirs kind of oh, Zappy gave me a massive hug anyway. The owner of this place came over, gave me a hug, and then my two sirs came away, whisked me away uh, with the others as well. We all went for a for a dinner and a meal, and kind of got to know each other a little bit. And we talked about a little bit about kink and stuff and whatnot. But anyway, it was just a really. I got back to my sirs' place where they basically threw me on a couch, arms around me, big throw over us. We watched films for a couple of hours. You know, it's like a really big settling down period and aftercare and stuff it was just fucking top notch um but yeah the, 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 this that was my ridiculously weird but awesome experience into kind of where my understanding of rope changed a little bit um and kind of what it could be used for and other things etc so yeah um it was as i say it was just one of these awesome experiences of of weirdness uh, but i at that point wanted to learn a lot more it kind of really invigorated my um i kind of i will say that that experience killed my love for electro play at that point i was it, it, i could never use it again and have it not tied to that experience which don't get me wrong i think it was incredible but i'm someone that enjoys a bit more of an intimacy when i get mm-hmm. into kink yeah. so the whole public display didn't bother me and i enjoyed it, Got it yeah, but yeah. it wasn't something that i would have necessarily gone I, i'll never do it again you know mm-hmm. it's i i would be one of the facilitators behind it i wouldn't mind guiding people but i wouldn't be on display again it was okay a, fine it was, i'll do it sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was just a bit much wow but, I don't. I've never heard of this kind of. Uh, I mean, I assume they still go on because I can't imagine this kind because of, artsy um, uh, exhibitions like that would. I've 
bound to be a thing, right? Even if it, even if it's in the dungeon. But this was definitely slightly more planned, and people with tickets were coming to see yeah, yeah. experiences. And in front of my little plaque was kind of oh, sorry, in front of the button that they were pressing was talking about bondage and some exp- extremes it can go to. Um, one of the guy I remember actually having his, uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, you know, vac beds. So the mm. whole get yourself in between two sheets of rubber, vacuum out so you can't move. He was in one of those for quite some time with a breathing tube. Um, but he had, uh, his balls were, cut, uh, they were being squashed between two bits of acrylic ah. while he was up there. So the whole, so he, the bed was, ah. he was, he was vac bed. The bed was then lifted out up. So he was kind of hanging from it oh. with, his, with his junk just there. And anyway, and, uh, and he said that was a, it ended up being, they needed to like slightly undo he's used to it it's not you know none of these people that were down there were not used to experiences but for the length of time it could be a bit you know pushing it pushing the limits so halfway through he had to have them all loosened off and stuff you know he had to call the safe word be like hey get me just just loosen the balls a bit off i'm fine everything else just (laughs) um but yeah it ended up just being it was just one of those crazy experiences where anyway but again a kind of these experiences that I've had have just tied into this. I really, really now really like um, rope play. So that led quite quickly into me working more closely with the kink community up in Manchester and Birmingham, um, talking about lessons. And uh, so I got really, I, I'm, I'm at this point in life, I'm really good at rope play. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. And one of the guys turns around and go, Hey Mark, I need someone to just do a rope 101. He knows that I'm like, 100% safety conscious and he was like do you fancy coming to give me a hand and I'm like yeah sure you know and he's like right I'll let you do the 101 bit and I'll do the I'll do the bit after you where I'm sort of take knots to a bit more extreme I just need you to do the beginning bit so I as I think have you been there while I've done uh have you seen one of my 101s yes yeah 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 I know I've done. so exactly that so I basically did what I you know what I've shown you in the past whereas that going through the uh, the safety of rope, where not to put rope, how yeah. how tight to put it, what to consider, you know, the whole don't put it around a joint and then fold the joint because it gets bigger and you're going to constrict more blood, etc., etc. Always have scissors next to you. Be very conscious. Lots of communication. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, and I I I basically took on that. Um, I've never really taught people too much beyond that level. I've definitely gone. I've definitely done private tuition where I've come in with say a couple and I've got the one that wanted to learn tying up his boyfriend or his partner and I've just sat there guided them you know so how to do some of the knots that I do and how to be safe with it um I've never taught suspension but I suppose there's kind of an element of a lot of what I do teach I do teach the initial knots for it so you it's not too much of a far stretch to go from what I've taught you to then go into suspension it's probably just the logistics of it, you know, how to get someone prepared and ready and then how to hoist and that kind of thing, how to get someone that's bigger and heavier than you up in the air, mm-hmm. you know, using your own strength, et cetera. You know, what kind of what pulley systems look like and that kind of thing. I've done a lot of that. But again, that probably comes more from me being a rock climber than it does <laughs> the rope play suspension. It's there's, there's an element of safety knot that you have to learn to be able to, you know, hold your own life above a above a chasm or something like that. So total total tangent have you seen summer of the gods yes so good <laughs> it is a fucking good film anyway <laughs> <laughs> love it um love a tangent that that is wow i'm like well i'm very speechless about the uh that puppet experience but um yeah i'm i'm 
the the stuff that I do, I think I would want to do like a, a a beginner thing like that again because um, I was a little bit drunk uh, <laughs> when we did it, but um, I'm really interested in learning uh, these things because I do sometimes like to get the ropes out and it is always sort of a bit of a fumble. God, that's so cool. I mean, my, only exp- my, my only sort of advice for anybody that wants to get into rope play more is to do it more. There's only yeah. so much you can get taught. I mean, I, I could teach you, like, again, all the knots and bits and pieces, which is absolutely fine. In my opinion, the best, some of the best way of learning is understand the safety impact of it. So mm. what not to where not to put your rope, aka yeah, yeah. never around your neck or anything silly like that. You know, always have a pair of safety shears nearby. Do you start at that point and then tie up everything. Try and get a water bowl to stay next to a chair. You know, mm-hmm. it teaches you a lot about how, I mean, skin works differently. Um, we were talking about body types earlier, you know. So as I was saying, Twink for me worked quite well because I had a limited number of rope, a uh, limited um, quantity of rope that I had. Yeah. So the smaller the body, the more I can make my rope go further. So while I didn't have the kind of expo- disposable income I've got now, where I've got, you know, 600 meters of Japanese jute, six mil rope and a couple of eight mil lengths as well to, to do what I need to do, that back then was a very limited kind of 100 meters because um, it was all I could afford. Um, I was really, again, really lucky that the SIRS kind of paid for a lot of my travel but when I was much yeah. younger. Um, they, unfortunately, they had to go off, the, the, they, they left me over in the UK when they had to, they, they moved to New Zealand when I was about 23. Um, and they, they had to go for work. You know, they, 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 mm. uh, one of the reasons I can't tell you their names is because of where they work. And it was kind of right. that entity of, uh, and it was awesome to get to kind of know them both and stuff. But now it's really weird to think that I haven't seen them since, you know, well, it's getting close to 10 years now. Um, wow. I, I say 10, I've not, I, I've, I've, they came back into the UK about five years ago and I got to say hi and meet up with them and stuff and everything's changed dramatically. We are very different people nowadays. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, kind of just one of those really cool entities where they they brought me through this journey um like now i'm i've kind of hit when i hit their age sort of 30 so i'm 33 now and uh i got to i got to you know kind of get into their headspace about what i want and over the last kind of three years four years i've done a lot more of my teaching other people the things that i've taught just less on a one-to-one basis more Mm. on a sort of a teaching experience basis kind of wanting people to understand what so uh, as you, you know, gone through the, the rope plague, you know, what is consent? How does that look like when you're mm. going into these events? How do you say no, that's not what we want, or yes, or the magic words like shwadiwadi, you know? <laughs> shwadiwadi, that's great. Shwadiwadi, yeah, that's great. Uh, you you can hear it regardless of what's yeah. going on, and that's the best bit about it. You can, um, but yeah, it's it, it's all these lovely experiences. But I, I say that with a caveat, I've tied, I've, I've tied everybody up. There's not, a, there's not a body type that I'll shy away from. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that I shy away from mostly is people with skin conditions. Um, so I try not to aggravate anybody. So if you've yeah. got like large bits of psoriasis or you know just eczema or things like that, I tend to shy away from you a bit more. My rope's quite abrasive. I don't have yeah. cottons and things. Mine's as I said, jute. Um, so part of the hemp family. So it's quite rugged and coarse. Um, and I also don't tie up people that are wearing rubber. And oh. that's purely because yeah. I completely wrecked someone's rubber outfit. I I told I. You know, he was ridiculously okay with it. You know, I was I was distraught. 
<laughs> like I'd put this massive tear across his back from Oof. the from the rope going around his body and just tightening slightly against so one rope slipped against another yeah. and it just pinched the rubber and slit it. Um so as I and I didn't notice until I was untying him. And I took the rope off and I was like, oh my fucking God, I think I've ruined your suit. And he, and he he's like, where? And I was like, this is like massive. And he's like, mate, don't worry about it. I've, I've done a lot worse to this than you, you put it. And I'm like, I've ruined it. I've put a step. And he's like, oh, honestly, God. mate, don't worry about it. He's like, I had a fun time in the, in the, so since, since that experience, I've been like, I'll tie, if you're in rubber and your hands are exposed, I'll tie them up. And that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I won't. Fair. Yeah. Ooh, I won't. What's your favorite thing then to do when you tie someone? Where well okay so I I tied someone up is that mm-hmm. it and what do I do with them after that yeah because you've talked about like what you would do with the rope what's your favorite like oh okay so thing to do with a bondage scene? um it kind of depends on the person uh so this is a little bit more demi now where I try and get to know people beforehand yeah, yeah. um if you're ticklish then I will immediately try and tickle you oh, but I <laughs> but I won't do it in a way that I won't go past that oh my god, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choke to death because I'm, you know, laughing too much or something like that. Um, again, I understand you can't you're un, you can't defend yourself, so it's a bit mean if yeah. I go past that limitation. Uh, um, see, I like that. That's when I've had my best, like, tickle experiences is when I've been, like, tickled, tortured. I kind of got tickled out, though. I'm, I'm, I haven't tried it in a while because I'm, tr- I'm kind of hoping that the, it's, it's come back, but yeah, yeah, I was yeah, tickled yeah, to the mean. point that, like, I almost passed out. And I was like, that's just... <laughs> I try not to do that too much. <laughs> Otherwise, the um, the other parts behind it, yeah. So ta- uh, kind of around that tantric sex kind of element. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, as I said, so like rope for me isn't something that I like. I don't tend to get into the sex play too much mm-hmm. because it's not. Uh, I can't control the rope from like if I'm in my own headspace while having sex. If I'm, I can't keep an eye on your hands and what they look like and making sure the rope doesn't go places. But I will make sure you enjoy yourself because it's something that I can do on top of. So things like, I don't know, if you um, uh, quite happily play with your ass or dildos and that kind of thing, or fingers. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. particularly good with these around the body. You know, it's uh, I quite happy jack you off and things like that. Or just generally, actually, sensation play. So it might be around, you know, fingernails across the back or get really close into your body, making sure that you feel supported. Um, it also depends on how I've tied you up. If you're hog-tied, a lot of these things are particularly difficult to access the body. I don't think people realise that when you get tied up, your the access to your body becomes very difficult. Mm. Um, and generally speaking, a the whole point of being tied up is to kind of get you into that headspace where you're starting to think more about you know you're or you're, you're 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 losing your own control. So there's less about what I what they want from me, if that makes sense. Because the whole point of me, them coming to me was they've now lost control. I own their body and what we can do with it. But mm. that's it's not necessarily trying to get to a point where oh i want you to, to play if i get to it to be completely honest if i get a rope buddy come up to me and be like i want you to have sex with me after you tie me up i tend to say no yeah because it's it i can't tie you up in a position where i can put you in positions that will help both of us enjoy the sex uh, puppeteering i could just fuck you but it's uh, i mean they're right there is i mean i've done I, obviously, I've done doggy style many a times. Uh, I've got bars and things with holes in them to spread your legs and tie you to tie them together and stuff to make sure you you act and stuff. But no, I'm um, I don't know. I'm getting old. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting old. Yeah, it takes a lot out of me doing the rope now. I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm done now. Um, okay. Well, as someone who's quite flexible, I'm interested in because I've suggested it before, and I'm like, you know, you can sort of bend me, and uh, someone did it before where they were able to move my legs, and they sort of did that 
but people seem to be quite hesitant to put me in like a, a stretched position. Is that something where it's just like, because I know that it, it basically puts you in a stress position, which then means you can't really hold it for very long. Yeah. So there's definitely an element of, again, strength, uh, if you stress the body, it wants to fight back and do things to make it comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, as I kind of said in my in my introduction, a lot of when you put your hand behind your back, for instance, and hold it there for a long period of time, your shoulder weakens. So all the ligaments and muscles that hold your shoulder in place, they shift to allow it to stretch more. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you're relaxing the shoulder, which is really, really good for you because you need to get comfortable because your body wants to make you comfortable. It also makes you far more likely to pop, in, pop or dislocate your shoulder. Cool. <laughs> and it's kind of like there's a big there's a bit of a scariness about that. People that are hypermobile, again, I'm actually quite safe with how I tie someone up that's hypermobile because mm-hmm. they don't know necessarily their own limitations. Yeah. So actually being more mobile is worse for someone from my perspective because I'm like, shit, that's I now don't know if you know your own limitation. Because that's what I some, think people Yeah. Yeah. Turn around if, if, you know, I don't get me wrong, I'll still tie you up and and it put you in positions that will stress you slightly, but I will never hold you longer. It will be a, if you don't know what your own limitations are, I'm going to struggle to, again, I think this goes down to the whole dom and sub energy. You know, it's a dominant is only as dominant as their sub lets them be. Mm-hmm. And it's that, you know, I, at this particular case, I can only tie you up to your own limitations. And if you don't know where they are, ah, <laughs> mm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to struggle here because you're not giving me a boundary. Um, and so I play it safe. I, I you know, I, I'm experienced now, so I know what I can and can't do with the body. So there, therefore, it's okay. I know my limitations on the average. Let's start there. You've just put something dastardly in my head, where I'm now picturing oh. if I could do a suspension. I wonder if this is possible now. I wonder if the rigor inside of you is going to see if this is possible. Do a suspension where my upper body is supported vertically. But my legs, as you lower, spread so that I can be sat, like I can be lowered into a split, but then can also be hoisted up to alleviate it. Uh, well, I mean, assuming the person is strong enough to be able to keep like hoisting you up and down, or at least have that emergency, how do I get you out of this position quickly kind of mentality, then it wouldn't be particularly difficult. I've done top body suspension before. You'd need cool. something around your legs. Just being supported off your arms on your that puts a lot. No, of no, yeah, no. That's what I mean. Like that, it would force you into that position and out of it. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I can't see. I mean, in my head, I'm like, I think I could just about do something. I'd definitely have you on a emergency release kind of mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. energy, or or generally. This is one of the things what I quite like about being slightly bigger than most people I tie up is I have the strength to be able to just lift you out of something. So if yeah. the suspension is too much, then I can just put my arms around you, grab you out of it, quick release out of the out of the carabiner or something like that, and then get you onto a bed to untie it, um, or on the floor, whichever wherever I'm working. Um, that tends to be something I rely on a lot, which is probably why I quite enjoy tying up people that are sub 100 kilo. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty good at that 100 kilo limit. That's where my <laughs> are you? Um, would you say your favorite experiences then have been? as a rigger or or being tied as a rigger mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah nowadays for, for certain i've really don't get me wrong i loved all the experiences i've got of being tied they've been really really good fun but i learned that the experience that i was after when i was being tied was actually to be the rigger and i didn't got know it. it back then 
So, and then as I got more and more confident with rigging or with just generally tying, I realized that actually that's my, my favorite thing is binding people up. And that's kind of, it kind of came across that time where I was learning to be slightly less submissive and slightly more dominant at the same time. So between, mm-hmm. like, between the ages of, sort of 22 to 25, kind of learning that transition over from being the twinky little Mark self that I was. I started rugby, started gaining a bit of a body, started becoming a bit more muscular um, and realized that I didn't actually, I really enjoyed the kind of physical imposingness I had over people at one point. And I was like, you know what, I, I'm quite enjoying this whole being slightly more dominant. Um, unfortunately, I've got uh, IBS and that kind of meant that I couldn't bottom as much as I wanted to. Still, you know, had my fun there and I still consider myself versatile. It's just situational. It comes with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when an I asterisk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it certainly it, it, it helped a little bit. But, yeah, it, uh, yeah I, I, I just thought, I just thoroughly enjoyed like learning those sort of elements. But, yeah, the, 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 as I kind of got more and more comfortable in tying people up and becoming slightly more dominant around them, I realized that's where kind of my calling was. I mean, I, to be fair, I say this in the caveat of this is my life now. Back then, I would have said, if you'd asked me when I was 22, my favorite thing was being tied up. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no way that it would have been. So this is, goes it goes with the whole motion of that we're all human and humans evolve and change over time. Yeah. I, you know, I am an extremely different human being to what I was when I started Kink. And as I kind of alluded to earlier, where I mentioned that the, the sirs meeting me five years ago, very different people. Yeah. We are very different people. I'm... I'm no longer their little twink. And when they first introduced, when they first came back out of the plane, there was a smidge bit of like me meeting them in the airport where I was like, "Oh, it's my daddy's," you know, and I like, give, give him a hug again. And then it was very quickly like they realised that I'm not that person, you know, is I'm yeah. bigger or I'm stronger than they remember me, you know. The, as I said, in a lot of rugby between <laughs> them leaving me at that point, a lot of gay rugby, <laughs> a lot of gay rugby, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then moving into the, you know, as I said, into this slightly more physical, imposing character. Lots of more, lot more chest hair, a lot of big, full beard, and and they were like, "You're not the person we left." I'm like, "Hell no!" And I'm really quite glad. I like, I really like who I've become. Mm. Um, but at the same That's time, great. more, uh, yeah, I've got more empathy for people. I've got more energy to give to people nowadays than I ever did back then. Um, and I've kind of learned to be, a, in my opinion, a better human being. Um, uh, definitely a lot more interested in the whole teaching side and making sure other people feel very comfortable around what kink is and how mm-hmm. it works and having the confidence to say no. And I think it's probably one of my like bigger bugbears in this world. There are so many horror stories of kinksters not behaving in a way that means they're looking after people. Yeah. But yeah, that's that that's just something that we've all got to fight with no nowadays opposed to what, you know, as I said back when I was a a, a wee twink it was it was very different i very rarely met anybody that would abuse that that trust in kink world that nowadays seems to be a little more prevalent which is strange but i suppose we're a movement with the times where people don't experience kink the way i do you know or had done so there are less and less people coming into kink through the older generations which taught me these kind of rules and people are jumping into kink now without this guidance and they don't understand the limitations or the headspace or, you know, what it really means or, or they're, to be fair, they're inventing their own kink, which is absolutely fucking brilliant. I think that's one of my favorite things about the world we live in. It, it, ever, it evolves all the time. Yeah. But there are some elements around that, how to look after each other, mm. which I really wish mate, was just kept. But yeah, I, I, I don't think, I certainly don't know how to do it. I don't know how well, I think you are doing it, and I think we we all can 
it, it it is just a case of we can we can make that the case going forward and i think like the world is changing information is more and more readily available and so it's great that we get to do stuff like this just even like talking about it so that more people can be like oh okay this is th- th- there is this out there that i can yeah, that definitely. i can find just looking at the time um have you got a yay today for me <laughs> i do have a yay Yes. Uh, so I'm a customer for Reading Pride, and literally this weekend we've just celebrated our 20th birthday, and it went off a as a smashing success. Beautiful weather, beautiful atmosphere. Oh, Everyone that never happened. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, we've, we've been really lucky with the with the with the weather the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, in particular this year just was beautiful. Everyone had so much fun. Um, the committee had loads of fun. It was real. It was really stress free most of the time. Um, but yeah, it was. So that's as I said. You pulled, but you've just you've. You know, we're doing this interview just just on a beautiful high of this has just happened. It's fucking incredible, and I love it. And I've got re- loads more energy for next year. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, that's great. My mine. I have now come up with one, and it <laughs> is just that. Um, by the time that this comes out, I will have just had my first electro experience. I look forward to hearing all about it. Mm, I'm sure you'll see it. It's um, yeah, Rubber Lover's gonna tie me up and uh, torture the hell out of me, which will be great. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna love it. <laughs> anyway, thanks for doing this. This has turned into two episodes because um, wow, that that was so amazing. Um, I, I I loved hearing that that experience that you you've had is just astounding. Um, and so great as well that you've turned it into such a um. Wonderful thing is a like a teacher yourself. So, where can people find you online? Uh, that's a very good question. To be fair, so the I suppose the easiest way of finding me now is through Reading Pride, um, which is so yeah, it's uh, Mark dot com at Reading hyphen Pride dot co uk, uh, which is probably the easiest way of finding me nowadays. I, I I'm pretty secluded from everything else. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Um, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at tstota. We'll see how long this. I, I, every episode, I'm like, how long is Twitter gonna last? But <laughs> well, well, it's now X, isn't it? So <laughs> listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that I can. Uh, check out this blue sky thing and, and, and see what that's all about. Um, yes, I've heard that's pretty good. Yeah, people seem to be, it seems to be the one. And I don't know, I have a good feeling about it because for a while it looked like the one was going to be um, Mastodon and then everyone said it was too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've I'm not a social media person. Like I got suckered into this just just to like promote my art and, and now it's like, ugh, I need to put it away. Um, anyway... Thanks for joining me here today. This has been amazing. <laughs> it has been amazing. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, Barney. Fantastic. And join us next week as we go under the big top. Hey guys, Barney here. 
I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings the big top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over the big top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. It records studio quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. 